The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain. I'm retired from medical practice, and now I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, today's episode is living safely at home. That's important because living at home is the preferred option for more and more people who rely on family caregiving. So for family caregivers, safety in the home is a big concern, especially when the family member is alone any part of the day or night. In family caregiving, I found interest in technology is high. Guests on previous episodes of Family Caregivers Unite identified important benefits that technology can bring to family caregiving, like technology for connecting families that are separated by distance, and like technology that's constantly available at all hours of every day without getting tired. But on the other side, some guests cautioned that technology has downsides, like intrusions on privacy and like security risks. Today, our guests are going to talk about particular projects that involve technology designed for living safely at home. Our two guests are Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer, and I'm going to introduce them starting with um, Haley first. Haley holds a bachelor's degree in health services administration with an emphasis on gerontology, and she got the degree at the University of South Dakota. Since 2008, she has been director of home and community-based services for the Good Samaritan Society at the national campus in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. There, she's responsible for the development of delivery systems for care and services for the home and the community. And these services include home health, non-medical home care, hospice care, home care, and community-based technologies. Her responsibilities include carrying out the society's strategic plan as it relates to the diversification of home and community-based services across the society. After graduating, she entered the Good Samaritan Society's Administrator in Training Program, and she served as a licensed administrator in Nebraska from 2002 to 2008. As an administrator, she provided leadership with various community-based and other services, and her experience overall includes active involvement with the Nebraska Healthcare Association, the Nebraska Assisted Living Association, and the Nebraska 
Nebraska Aging Enrichment Coalition. Now Bill Archer. Bill is a fellow of the Institute of Directors and a strategic marketing consultant with 30 years experience in delivering benefits across several disciplines. His vision is to create and promote patient-focused health solutions that help maintain their health while reducing the cost of healthcare delivery. Through one of his UK-based companies, he supplies Monami, a caregiving innovation that reinforces active aging, enhances quality of life, supports family and professional caregivers, and allows for independent and structured living. Since 2003, he's developed and manufactured PainSolve, which uses pulsed electromagnetic field therapy as an alternative to medications-based pain management. And he's developed various products and services, all of which have been the basis of successful initiatives. And some of these pro uh, products include the UK's first triage assessment software for primary care, online personal medical record and lifestyle assessment programs, and the world's first stem cell insurance product. So, welcome to the show, Haley and Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, I'm going to go straight away into questions, starting with Haley. Haley, please tell us more about your own professional background and your work with the Good Samaritan Society. But first, where, where are you actually based? I'm based out of our corporate office in um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, right in the heart of the Midwest of the United States. And um, as Gordon mentioned, I'm a nursing home administrator by background and um, have worked for several years in skilled nursing, in assisted living, um, senior living settings, and in home care, and really have um, in that time become passionate about overcoming barriers to seniors' access to care and services. Technology certainly plays an important role in, in helping us to secure access. And that's what we're going to get into uh, in great detail later on. Bill, same question. More about your professional background and your work with Monami Caregiving. And where are you based? Well, I'm based uh, between Leicestershire and Northamptonshire in the United Kingdom, in the heart of the country. Um, unfortunately, our place names aren't so romantic as uh, Sioux Falls, Dakota. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, we, we're actually sort of in touch with IT, which uh, to a large degree is where a lot of my initial marketing experience was deployed uh, in the introduction of um, PCs and software systems for the business world initially. But um, at the beginning of the 90s, I was very very interested in how that technology could be harnessed for the good of health systems and the, the triage assessment system which Gordon mentioned a few minutes ago is something that um, I spent almost three years on developing so that that could be used to speed up healthcare delivery primarily in uh, um, emergency room uh, treatments uh, and that was sort of very successful. The other thing that I concentrated on was health informatics, which is the dissemination of public health information and medical health information to the various audiences so that people weren't blinded by science. In other words, consumers were given information in plain English 
rather than in pseudoscience English, and uh, that helped an awful lot. And, and from that, a natural progression from that was to try and understand how we could engage what are now known as the silver surfers uh, in our country uh, to actually allow technology to help them. Okay, great. Now, Haley, I want to know a little bit more about, please, the Good Samaritan Society and the people it serves. And in particular, um, which of its services focus, focus on family caregivers? Sure, Gordon. We are actually, in the Good Samaritan Society, the largest nonprofit provider of senior care and services in the United States. And we are based here in the heart of the Midwest, but um, do have a presence in 25 states across the country. And we approximate that we serve on a daily basis about 30,000 individuals across all of our levels of care. Um, we did start out as, as a long-term care company primarily, but in the last five years have begun to um, focus on diversification toward home and community-based services, primarily um, different ways that we can reach um, individuals who are living in their own private homes um, or apartment settings. And I've um, really begun to focus on both Medicare home care, what we can do in that arena, private duty home care, and home and community-based technologies um, are, are becoming more and more critical to our strategy as well. Very interesting. Same question for you. Tell us, Bill, tell us about Monami Caregiving and the people it provides services to and which of the services that it offers focus on family caregivers. Well, um, whilst, whilst the product uh, can actually be used by a number of uh, different people, i.e. family caregivers, um, social services, local authorities, and so on, uh, the actual concept of the product was introduced for the primary benefit of family caregivers. And it's, it's very, uh, the, the presentation of it to the consumer or the family caregiver is very simple. It consists of two parts, one of which is an interactive touchscreen device, um, which we refer to as the electronic companion, and that resides in the home of the user. The other part of the product is the web portal and the web portal enables the family caregiver to remotely manage uh, the user requirements uh, so it ma you manage the Monomy internet browser and you can put in all sorts of information for future use basically this allows the family caregiver to assist their loved ones at a convenient place and time which thus reduces stress and magnifies the caregiving potential they're able to deliver wherever they may live in the country. So basically, through the use of um, transparent plug-and-pay technology, Monami provides a vast array of services and functionality uh, to automate daily tasks and bring more structure to the life of the people actually using it, which in the, in the context we're talking today is the life of the loved one related to the family caregivers. Um, one point I should make here, Gordon and Ailey, is that caregivers, particularly family caregivers, um, are subject to suffer the stress-laden dilemma of unbearable pressure of time, perceived neglect-driven feelings of guilt that they have because they can't be with their loved one as much as they might like. So basically, the, the prime... Uh, element of the product is that it addresses the dichotomy between the cared for and the carer in a positive and fulfilling fashion. 
Right. So, basically, it assists the family caregiver in particular by allowing them to balance their work commitments, their family and personal time commitments. It relieves the burden of additional responsibilities because they don't have to remember to call or to, or to ring. It empowers their loved ones, whether they be parents or children, to actually act more independently and, of course, saves time and money in travel because if they live in a different part of the country, which is a problem which is much more magnified in the North America than it is in the UK, obviously, it saves a lot of time on that front. And hopefully, as a result of all that, we hope that it reduces stress and helps provide peace of mind to all parties involved. Now, we're, we're heading into a break, so I'm going to pause at this particular moment, but I just want to say that um, I'm going to ask you both just to describe your typical family caregiver when we get back from the break and typically who they're looking after. Um, so we just get that particular picture. So it is time for us to take the short break. This is where we pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Healthcare is a topic that is prevalent on everybody's mind these days. We've heard of the reform efforts that are going on in government. Where can you get some of the most up-to-date answers that you need? Tune in to Clint's Cures, Answers for Your Healthcare, with host Clint Maun. Clint has over 40 years of experience in the healthcare profession and is prepared to offer the answers and solutions to your questions. Listen to Clint's Cures every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. Our topic is living safely at home. Now, I want to ask Haley first of all, and then Bill, who typically is a family caregiver? Who are they? And typically, who are the people they're looking after when they're providing care at home? Haley? Sure. Um, well, with our primary focus on senior care and services, our, um, our typical family caregiver is generally either a spouse who... Um, very, very likely has health concerns of their own 
or an adult child who's in the process of balancing those caregiving responsibilities for the aging parent with their um, other family responsibilities and work life as well. We are seeing a growing um, number of requests of our home care agencies to provide care and services for um, children and um, young adults with disabilities, but our, our largest um, segment at this point in time are those, those two groups that I mentioned. Bill, same question. Your um, pictures. Yeah, well, as soon as you mention um, the phrase or the name family caregiver in the UK, people automatically assume that you're talking about um, a middle-aged child looking after an elderly parent. And to a large extent, that is the case. But we do also have um, a big um, area of activity um, in, with parents looking after children or looking or supporting children to become independent in life. Now, this in, in the younger age group um, applies to uh, young children who suffer with autism, who spend some of their time with their family and some of their time in uh, sheltered accommodation, uh, which is a very, very expensive way of providing support to them. And it, it's, there's a great danger of them becoming isolated. So in that instance, Monomy has proven to be very useful for these families um, who are dealing with items such as autism. There's also another area which um, comes into it, and this is where uh, there's, there's a whole community of young people who suffer with a range of uh, conditions, um, notably uh, things like cere cerebral palsy, where they um, effectively are kept away from mainstream society, which in itself is very sad, but I'm afraid that's just how it is. Um, they actually lead independent lives. They have relationships and get married and have jobs in specially supported um, manufacturing outlets and so on, but they are very isolated from their core family. Um, so in other words, they're given lots and lots of support, but they're removed from their family. And um, the technology, certainly in the form of Monomy, enables that socialization to be um, minimized uh, on all fronts. Right. I'm going to turn up to you there on, only because um, we've got a, a bunch of other things that are to be talked about. But what you both put in my mind is that we should perhaps think about uh, an episode dealing with these isolation and other matters. Now, I'm going to um, go to Haley now, and I want you to talk, please, about the safety challenges you see um, in enabling people who need care to live safely at home. In other words, what are the risks, the safety challenges you see um, that have to be overcome? Certainly. I think from, from my perspective, there are two that, we, um, that, that have become very significant for us as we've worked with more seniors in their homes. Um, one of those would be a lack of chronic disease management and um, the inability to really do that well if you are um, in either a deep rural area or do not have um, great access to transportation to get you to a, a medical facility. So chronic disease management or, or the lack thereof um, is certainly a challenge that's posed. 
I think um, another would be consistent and ongoing awareness of um, changes in health status for seniors, um, primarily for a lot of the reasons that Bill mentioned, um, you know, along the lines of isolation, there really is much more of a reactionary um, response to senior wellness and, and health um, versus a, a more proactive response. Right. Um, Bill, same question for you. Um, what are the safety challenges you see? Well, um, firstly, I must strongly agree with what Haley's saying there, Gordon, because um, effectively what she, what she was alluding to was the fact that um, seniors in particular are over-medicated and under-treated. That's what it results in, really, because chronic disease management usually ends up with people being pumped full of medication and they they lose their personality almost in, in lots of instances, and that's something that upsets me in particular on a personal level. Um, but in, to answer the question that you've just put to me, the reality is that seniors in particular can't be relied upon to take care of themselves properly or even feed themselves properly or consistently. And whilst it might be um, a politically incorrect way to describe the problem, their safety standards inevitably slip if they become too socially isolated. They don't pay attention as much as they should, for instance, to the simplest of activities or tasks. And as we all know, just one example of a hazardous environment is the kitchen, said by many to be the most hazardous place in any home. So, um, and, and that's where I think that uh, the well-aware system comes into its own because the subliminal feedback that it gives to, for, that family fair, uh, caregivers could um, take advantage of is, is absolutely tremendous because, you know, trends of people living on their own um, are monitored in a, in a most unintrusive way, which helps to improve the levels of chronic disease management far above what is existing at the moment. So I think um, the technology that's used by WellAware um, to monitor activities and the technology that's used by Monami to improve communications um, are vitally important. And I hope that uh, people adopt them more and more as time goes by. Haley, I'm just going to ask you to say what WellAware is because that's your project. And when you've done that, I'd like you to say more about the types of problems for family family caregivers that you would see arising out of the um, safety challenges. But first of all, what's well aware? Um, absolutely. There, there are really two types of technologies that we use um, right now in our home and community-based settings. One of those is well aware, which is a form of sensor technology. It's, it's a suite of sensors that's placed within a senior's home um, or apartment, their, their living environment, and the sensors gather um, information completely passively without, um, this is an important um, thing to articulate, without participation um, or, the, or the need to manage it on the part of the, the client um, being cared for. Um, the sensors monitor motion and activity levels, humidity, sleep quality data, um, socialization, and that data is compared on a daily basis to a baseline that is specific to the individual. 
um, by a clinician. And anything that's noted out of the norm um, in terms of trending for that particular person is followed up on um, in a timely manner. Right. Um, Bill, it, it's essentially the same question. Yeah. Um, you know, the problems for family caregivers that you see arising from the safety challenges. Well, um, I've had many, many interviews with family caregivers, and the message that comes through loud and clear from every single one of them is that their charges don't listen, they don't pay attention, they have a, a very sh uh, short attention span. Uh, and the bottom line is they don't feel their loved ones are safe on their own, and they don't pay enough attention to the simplest of safety routines, basically. Now, you know, when they're in the midst of the storm, um, it's, it's most understandable that they feel like that. But So whilst it may be true to a degree, I believe that phenomenon is also due to the inevitable role reversal between parent and child, whereas the child becomes more worldly, wise, and confident, the obverse is true of the aging parent. And because of the challenges that we face in terms of population um, demographics, where I think it's by the year 2030, they're going to be more old people than there are young people to look after them, which is, in itself is a pretty scary statistic, but that's a very conservative one, I understand. But, you know, the, as far as I'm concerned, whatever side actually says, which whatever either side actually says, the reality is that if the family caregiver is unable to be around constantly, they wouldn't efficiently monitor the activities of their loved ones anyway. Right. So I see that's where well-aware system comes into its own. And without exception, family caregivers display great relief to know that there could be an alternative to having someone hovering over their parents every minute of the day or, or perfunctory visits from local care authorities twice a day for probably 20 minutes, which can actually leave the cared for feeling more um, socially isolated at worst and at best feeling a little bit too institutionalized. You know, and, and I know from experience of talking to these people that this is something that doesn't just happen in sheltered accommodation or nursing accommodation. It also happens in the people's own homes. So I think it's a big problem. Now, what we're going to uh, go into the break very soon. So I'm going to, again, ha hang that question over until we come back into the next segment because there are things there that I want to address to Haley as well. So it is time for us to take that break. This is Dr. Gordon Avalay. My guests are Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. We'll be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Michelle Core 6 Degrees is your connected consciousness. 6 Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. 6 Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. Our topic is living safely at home. The job for technology that we're talking about is to make the home safer for the person receiving care in the home. So let's talk about what the technology is required to do and its successes in helping family caregivers and those they are caring for. So starting with Haley, please tell us about your Living Well at Home project technology and give us some examples of how it's helped. Well, I think one of the really interesting things that we found early on in our studies with this technology was that seniors in general see um, significant events like hospitalizations and transitions to higher levels of care, whether that be in assisted living or a skilled nursing facility. They see those events as inevitable, almost um, unavoidable in some cases. And we've really seen through the use of the technology that um, we we are able through early intervention and detection to um, delay those transitions and to prevent hospitalizations in many cases. Um, A couple of our our very significant um, items, we've detected many urinary tract infections, um, probably countless at this point, um, very early through the monitoring of increased bathroom visits, um, decreased sleep quality. That's allowed us to infer and seek treatment for urinary tract infections very early um, before those become more problematic in many, many cases of seniors. Um, Another favorite story to share of mine is about an elderly woman who actually lived alone in her home and um, was a very, very independent woman and had gone to the doctor and received some sample medication on a Friday afternoon And through the daily monitoring, the nurse realized that Saturday and Sunday, her behavior patterns, particularly at night, were um, becoming more and more agitated and erratic. And when the nurse visited her, she was able, through um, much conversation, to um, get that senior to confide in her that she had been seeing the circus in her apartment. She'd been seeing vivid colors and and um, she knew it just couldn't be because she knew her ceilings were too low for that. 
And um, what they were able to determine was that there was a significant drug interaction taking place between that sample medication and medications that she had been taking ongoingly. And so we were able to intervene there before that episode of hallucination um, caused a fall or, or possibly something even more severe than that. In, very, very impressive, if I may interject an editorial comment. Bill, same question for you. Um, how does the Monomy Caregiving and its technology fit into those kinds of situations that um, Haley's been talking about or other situations? Yeah, well, I, I do think it's um, a very opposite question, actually. Um, I would, I would, you know, coming from a slightly different angle, would sort of ask if uh, the listeners could consider the traumas and stress that family caregivers have to contend with, and not only their own, I hasten to add, um, and you can begin to understand what monomy um, can actually deliver. In effect, um, what I'm talking about is what the technology can deliver that humans can't. Um, because it has to be remembered, for instance, that monomy isn't a substitute to human interaction, but instead it's a viable alternative. Um, if you, I think the best way for me to try and describe this is to compare how human interaction compares to monomy interaction. For instance, the monomy touch system doesn't get tired. Um, it doesn't get stressed, it doesn't get impatient, and of course it never needs to sleep. So once it's configured, or once it's been configured by the family caregiver, by the web portal, it will help to automate things like repetitive reminders about um, drug regime compliance, about having liquid refreshment, about toilet um, habits about eating meals and exercise and so on, as well as giving access to a range of entertainment and interactive activities. So effectively, the technology covers every eventuality that can affect the social and communication side of caregiving, um, all of which, I hasten to add, is without the need for IT skills. Um, what does IT mean, Bill? Oh, sorry, information technology. Right. So computer skills or, or you know, people have, uh, and obviously a lot of people are technophobic. So th this is something that doesn't need any interaction at all. But some of the, uh, we, because we're more of a social uh, interaction service, we don't have um, things of a clinical nature so much as Haley does. But we, we have had things where we've been actually put into um, warden-controlled housing, for instance, where they've had horrific experiences like because the, the people aren't monitored and aren't visited and there's no interaction with family, on a couple of occasions people have actually died and not been discovered for a couple of weeks and that sort of thing is is just too much to bear almost. But, you know, we we like to think that Monomy will avoid anything like that happening in the future for right. anyone who uses it. Haley, I'm going to ask you the other side of the coin. As I mentioned earlier, some of the guests are pointing to problems with things like privacy, that, uh, problems that arise with technology. Um, do you see that as any kind of challenge in what you're doing with the Living Well at Home project? And what other challenges do you see of a technological nature? 
You know, that was something that was raised very early on in our studies um, was, is that something that will have a significant impact on adoption? And what we've found really is that seniors themselves are very open to the use of the technology. It is more um, the generation of their adult children that raises um, the concern about privacy, about, um, you know, monitoring without, um, in some cases, the knowledge of the person who's being monitored. And, of, of course, what we always promote is um, open communication in, in all instances um, for the Good Samaritan Society. The, the person being monitored is aware that the sensors are there. They're aware of the purpose of the sensors um, and, and what we're hoping to accomplish and um, really the, the privacy concern has not been um, significant for us as far as adoption. The one thing we certainly have experienced is from a regulatory standpoint, the regulations in, in uh, many cases have not kept up with the technology, so that creates a challenge. Right. Very interesting. Same question for you, Bill. Pri the privacy issues and other technology-related issues for people who rely on particular projects. Yeah, well... From a privacy point of view, um, Mama Me doesn't um, infringe on anybody's privacy at any level, um, and all the interaction is between a family member uh, rather than a third party, and all that stuff's filtered through to ensure privacy. Um, in terms of challenges for the technology, um, as with all types of technology, it would be more than possible for us to keep tweaking and tweaking and never actually getting the product to market. So we've had to temper our enthusiasm for adding um, modules here, there, and everywhere against the need for getting live installations. Um, and what we also had to do was find a way to navigate the technophobia minefield that exists worldwide, um, and not just with old people, I, I, I hasten to add, because even though Mon and Me requires absolutely no computer know-how at any level, you know, there may well be still swathes of potential users who refuse to try it because it's a computer, you know, um, IT, computer knowledge, however it's termed, still makes people come out in a cold sweat. So uh, I think that's something that's going to happen as people become more and more comfortable in using technology. And... Um, I think things like um, the popularity of things like the iPhone and the iPad are helping uh, the populations in different countries along that road quite nicely. So that means that the only remaining challenge um, is to bring prices down for consumers because no matter how good a product is, it's got to be financially within the reach of the masses, I think. And um, as, as, certainly as far as we're concerned, as, as we're able to produce larger volumes, so purchase prices of components and so on will drop, right. which will make it more accessible to a wider audience. We're going to come to that, questions of costs and things like that, in the next segment. But I've got a different question for both of you. Fairly short, though, but it's an important one. Haley, what will make the sun shine for you when the Living Well at Home project succeeds? Well, our goals through Living Well at Home are really, um, at, at a high level, can be articulated in two different points. 
um, we hope to complete a research project that will give us enough data to do exactly what um, Bill had just mentioned, secure public and private funding for this, um, this type of technology. That really is a significant barrier to access at this point in time, and we hope to overcome that. Um, as well as to build, based on the data that we're able to gather, to build sustainable business models for um, people in urban areas, people in deep rural settings, um, so that we can increase access from a care delivery standpoint as well. Okay. Same question for you, Bill. What will make the sun shine for you when the Monami Caregiving Project succeeds? Um, well, I like the concept of sunshine because... Um, here in Britain, we have two seasons. One is winter and the other one is July. But um, I think uh, I would come at it from, although we're talking about delivering care um, to seniors and other sections of, the pop uh, of our populations, I think um, I come at it from the family caregiver's viewpoint. Um, so the, sunshine, the sun will shine for me in the knowledge that there will be many thousands of family caregivers who've been able to shed some of the heavy cloak of guilt they carry due to not being able to be there with their loved ones every minute of the day. Um, the knowledge that the lives of the family caregivers will hopefully be enhanced because their time will be valued more than governments value them at present. Um, because as far, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think, let's face it, as far as governments are concerned, the world over, family caregivers are just cheap labor. Um, I think, you know, in, in, in the UK, the minimum wage is um, £6.80 an hour, which I think um, equates to something like £9 at uh, $9 in the US. Uh, statistics prove beyond a shadow of doubt that family caregivers are actually paid £1.12p or something like $2.10 an hour which in anybody's language and anybody and anybody's currency is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. So in, in short, both of you are saying that what's needed to make your sunshine is success that makes the case, partly financially and partly in terms of human success, for the technology that you're embracing. And I think that's a very good message. Now, it is that time again where we have to go for the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned because we are coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health & Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. Help. 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer. Our topic is living safely at home. Um, you know, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but also for the healthcare systems and society as a whole in North America, in Europe, and beyond. So I want, I want us to talk about what needs to be done to enhance the usefulness and availability of the, the helpful technology for family caregivers. So I'm going to ask Bill, first of all, this question. What advice do you give to family caregivers about the role of technology in meeting their safety-related caregiving challenges? Um, well, I think what we, what we first do is say that um, whilst we provide you with some weaponry to actually deal with the safety-related challenges, um, we must never forget that there must always be some interaction from you as a family caregiver. In other words, don't just rely on the technology entirely to do it on its own. You have to, you have to um, work and respond to the data you're receiving or to any trends that you might spot. I mean, basically, we provide um, an automated system to cover certain safety issues related to medication reminders, uh, medical appointment reminders, um, prompts about cleanliness, um, well, things like exercise prompts and even meal reminders or suggestions. But we can, we can actually suggest those and suggest those are put into the web portal when the thing is being configured by the family caregiver. But in reality, there's nothing we can add as a company to the awareness that family caregivers should have about safety, as a lot of it is common sense after all. So what we think we can do, and what we in fact tell family caregivers, is that we, if they work with our system, which is very, very simple and straightforward, we can dramatically improve the quality of care by providing structure, and most important of all, social interaction between the cared for, family caregivers, and even local health authorities. And if those lines of communications are improved, then safety levels are improved. Good case. Haley, what advice do you give to family caregivers about the role of technology in meeting their safety-related caregiving challenges? I think, firstly, I would just um, strongly encourage family caregivers to research their options, to really be aware of, of their options. The days of those options being very limited are over. There are lots of different, um, lots of different avenues to pursue, and so that would probably be my, my first comment. My second would be to definitely seek assistance, ask lots of questions. Um, these types of technologies that we're talking about here today are not necessarily mainstream, at least in the United States at this point, and um, to really seek out assistance and, and gain a greater understanding of those options, what they could do, 
um, for not only the, um, the the client themselves, the loved one, but also for the caregiver is really, really important. And thirdly, I think to be open to embracing the technology. Um, Bill has referenced that throughout, and I think that's a great point, that that is um, something that definitely has to be there as an openness to the role that technology can play. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you, and this is the same one to you, this is to you, Haley, first. Um, let's talk to the technology providers. What more do they need to do to enhance the safety-related value of technology to family caregivers? What do you want them to do, the technology providers? Sure. Um, well, we're fortunate in our partnership with WellAware in that um, the Good Samaritan Society in our caregiving environments, both in assisted living as well as in the home, have been allowed to inform the development of the technology um, from its infancy. So that's a, that's a unique, um, unique benefit that we're able to provide, and that would be my advice to technology providers in general is to seek that input from caregivers um, very early on and to allow that input to inform development. I think that's critical. Right. Bill, same question. What, what would you as a technology provider say to a, yourself and other technology providers that, by way of advice to enhance the value of the technology they provide for safety for family caregivers? Um, I think a lot of technology providers uh, have to take the blinkers off uh, because they tend to sort of come up with an idea, develop a product, and then assume that everybody's going to change the way they do things to suit the product or the service that's been developed um, that is, you know, conveniently configured for the, for the um, software code writers and so on and so forth. But when I learned I was coming on the show Today, I took a very in-depth look at WellAware and was very, very impressed with the way they've employed their technology. Um, I'm also impressed with the way we do things in our own company for obvious reasons. But I think in terms of uh, WellAware and Monomy, I, I do believe without any bias that both these technology providers are ahead of the game in terms of enhancing safety so for me, it's more a case of local authorities and government admitting that the current methodologies and the current technologies they use are in inadequate and inefficient. And I believe once they do this, once they embrace these new technologies, it'll make everyone's life easier. So rather than what needs to be done by the technology providers, I think, although I keep harping on about it, it's acceptance from government in particular to encourage and promote technology to help family caregivers that is the most important thing. Right. Now, slight switch of topic. You both talked about affordability, the cost, and you're wanting the evidence uh, to support the point that these solutions are cost-effective and, and affordable. So, Haley, you first. Um, I'm going to put you in on the spot. I'm going to say, let's suppose you're a, uh, um, a political candidate for high office, and you're talking to us, the audience, who might be voting for you, because the audience wants to see more done to make technology affordable to family caregivers. Um, 
what are the what what are the kind of policies that you would advocate? Tough question, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's a valid question, and I think it's a question on the minds of many many caregivers. Um, certainly, as any technology matures, um, we're able to bring the costs of that down. And, and I think from my perspective, um, the, the greater area of significance is the recognition on the part of payers, both public and private, of the value of preventative health care. We're, um, we're certainly not there yet um, for any of us, let alone, you know, for seniors exclusively. But I, I do think as we're able to raise awareness of what we're able to prevent, the significant costly adverse health events that we're able to prevent through the use of these technologies, I think that funding um, certainly would, will have to follow shortly. Right. Um, just a quick supplementary. Do you see insurance systems being prepared to pay for the kind of technology like WellAware? We are very hopeful of that. We've begun discussions with um, a couple of smaller insurance providers here in some Midwestern states um, about precisely that, wanting to understand how um, the role of the preventative technologies can be a benefit to them. And there is a lot of interest at this point, so we're very hopeful about that. Good. Uh, Bill, same question. You're on the political platform. What are you going to do? What are your policies going to be to make all this more affordable to family caregivers? Well, I believe that um, government should actually subsidize um, technology to enable people to stay in their own homes for longer. I mean, um, we've, we've recently had a, um, a general election over here, and one of the stated aims of the new coalition government is that they... Um, change the way things are done in some way so that people can actually stay in their own homes for longer rather than being put into um, environments that they're not safe or comfortable in, uh, or they don't feel safe, I should say. They may well be safe, but they don't feel comfortable in them. And so um, that sort of thing is something that usually happens when people... Uh, for instance, in end-of-life situations are put into hospices. Well, um, even that element of caregiving, you know, the palliative end of caregiving, comes into the equation when people start to say, look, um, I know I've got cancer and I know it's uh, terminal, I, but I want to spend the rest of my days at home. I want, In effect, I want to die at home. There aren't any... Um, methods in place at the moment to allow that to happen and ironically it's people with more money who are able to insist on that type of um, end-of-life care so I think anything that we can do from a political viewpoint um, to persuade government to support people being looked after longer at home will improve the lot of millions of people and and will also help people to you know help governments to manage budgets i mean just a small example um you mentioned earlier uh, in one of your questions the issue of um it's not just seniors who are the subject of family caregiving but it's also youngsters and i i cited um uh, autism in young people 
And I have one example which I was absolutely flabbergasted when I found out. I'm going to have to ask you to be quick because the time is catching up on us. I will. Um, A home that uh, has 12 uh, inmates, for want of a better word, in it, costs uh, costs $29,000 a week just for 12 children. Now, that could be that could be replaced by using well aware and monomy by by something like um or less than two thousand dollars a week right rest my case very good now um i want to say to you both that i i i'll vote for you i in your policies make a great deal of sense to me and then not in a way it doesn't matter but what does matter i think is that you've hit they're important nails on the head, and therefore, both of you, I wish you every success in what you're doing, and I hope that later on we'll get a chance to come back and have another episode talking about what made the sun shine for you through the successes you're going to achieve. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. Please do email us with comments and questions. Um, I want to say thank you to our guests. Haley Samuelson and Bill Archer, for sharing your experience, your insights, and your advice, but also your commitment to what you're doing. That is to say, you you come across, both of you, as people who care very much about the field you're working in. And I want to make sure that um, the benefits of technology are shared fairly and reasonably among people who have needs, family caregivers and the people for whom they're providing um, family care. Uh, So good luck to both of you. Now, in our next episode, we're going to talk about keeping diaries in family caregiving. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. See you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around.